everybody. Welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon. And I'm Nikki Miller. I'm so excited. This is my favorite time of year. I feel like everyone, even though it's the end of the year, sort of is the mark of closing a chapter. It's also the excitement of opening a new one, of of having the ability to write a new one. And, and talking about goal setting is my favorite thing. Really, I should say talking about goal achieving is actually my favorite thing. Yeah, it's a great point because there's, there's, there's setting the goal, but then there's all of the work that's required and all of the, the habits you need to form to actually be on the path to achieve them. And we want to talk about that with you guys today and share uh, what we think is best practice and hopefully set you guys up for success as you begin to do your goal setting for 2024. Well, we're both extra energized right now because we we literally just got back from our annual goal setting retreat. It's probably the thing that we're best known for. The thing that I, I mark on my calendar at the beginning of every year, rather at the end of every year, we've already got the dates out. And it's a thing I probably look most forward to. And this year was, um, from my perspective, one of the most special ones that we've had. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been fortunate enough to for this to be my third as um, a leader in, in the goal setting retreat and a facilitator and a trainer and coach. And by far, this was the best one from my perspective and, and for a number of reasons. And, and there's some really great highlights. And I know, Nikki, you, you feel the same way. Well, what was cool for me, Chris, is that I, you know, I've known Wendy and Jay for a long time. And the sort of origin story of the goal setting retreat, if you follow the podcast, you've heard this, but the origin story of the goal setting retreat is this something, this is something that they started just doing for themselves. This is something that they as a couple just started doing for themselves to make sure that they were on the same page, to make sure that they were moving into the next year with clarity, with purpose, with a clear path about how they both wanted to show up not only for each other, but in, in their lives. And and so I've known them for a long time. And this is something that I've done with my husband for a number of years. I mean, probably nine or 10 at this point. And I've always used sort of the OG like PDF form that they used to give out. And I've never actually gotten to have the opportunity to go in person. And oh my gosh, what an incredible experience. I mean, doing it with your partner is one thing, doing it with the energy of everyone else around you and the coaches and the trainers there to help facilitate questions and really do a deep dive when you get stuck, which you inevitably do, and to give some perspective and coaching along the way. I mean, it was just, I, I came back so unbelievably energized and excited for the coming year. Yeah, me too. And and you can't help it even if you're there doing leading some of the work, doing some of it yourself and 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 getting really pumped about it. You know, one of the things that I I think it sounds simple, but it's so important and why it's so valuable to do this is just finding the space to actually dedicate to work on your goals. If you try to do it in your typical day-to-day life, if you're trying to do it at home, squeezing it in between dinner and bedtime, it's like you're. It's going to be tough for you to really give it the focus it deserves. So what I love about this kind of event and our event is you actually peel away and you dedicate the time to focus on aligning your plan. And if it's with someone else, aligning with them about what success looks like for the future and, and making that investment in the path you're going to achieve it. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that sometimes for really productive people, this is counterintuitive because we are motivated and we want to keep working and we want to keep moving and we want to keep growing and we don't want to stop. But creating a great plan sometimes requires that, not sometimes, pretty much all the time requires that you just slow down. You don't want to live there forever. We're not saying go, go on a goal setting retreat for a whole year, but take a couple of days to really ask the hard questions between you, between your partner, whether that's in business or in life. And just ask, are we on the same page? Do we want the same things? Are we clear about how we're both moving into the next year? And I think to your point, so few people give themselves the time to do this. And so then they just keep moving through the days with their head in the sand or or barreling through, not realizing they might be working harder than they have to be or might be out of priority and not even know it. 100%. You know, something that really stood out for me this year different than other years was was recognizing how many people were here from the last year and, and were there again. And from and we did an exercise to have people stand up for who's been there the most times. And it, it was shocking to see how many people are repeat through this or repeating this event. And going into it, you always wonder, you know, what, you hope that people will get value that are coming back to back years and you try to create new and fresh content. But when you ask them, they're like, it's, it's just once you have that behavior built in, it's so important to just continue that and, and, do it every year. And even if you feel like you have clarity, check in and double check and make sure that you still are aligned on where you want to go. 
Absolutely. I mean, this is the opportunity for those that keep coming back to, to your, again, to your point, just set a couple of days where we say, we're going to block this out. And by the way, everybody that's coming to this thing is busy, right? Everybody had to make plans to have someone watch the kids or the dogs or the business or all the things. And they had to be very purposeful with those couple of days in order to make sure that they were walking into 2024 with clarity. And I think that that really stood out for me too. And what also really stood out for me, Chris, is how much can change year over year? I mean, we, we, we go back to the saying often that people underestimate what they can achieve in five years and overestimate what they can achieve in a year. But I think a lot of people also underestimate what they can achieve with a really clearly outlined plan. Mm. And one of my favorite things was people standing up at the beginning of the retreat and saying, this is what I achieved between last year and this year. And because so many people do return, they have this whole room of people cheering them on and remembering what they set out to do the year before. And it was just really special to to hear the amazing things that that community, that our community is doing. It's just incredible. If you focus on it, what you can accomplish. And like you said, if you have a community and you have momentum building year over year and just finding the tools and, and the place to, to focus on it, what you can truly accomplish, it's incredible. I also think that Again, hearing everyone's feedback and hearing how they work with each other and hearing people's perspectives on, on other people's goals and getting to do a lot of that group work and that group think around the goal setting and around really every single exercise we walked everyone through was also a real standout for me because mm. it's obviously going to be important. We're going to talk about the framework of goal setting today and the framework that someone can use, even if they didn't get to attend our, our in-person goal setting retreat. But at the end of the day, having a community around you of like-minded people, of people who speak this language is just so important and so valuable to get an extra set of eyes on, on what you're building and what you're doing. I mean, sometimes, especially as leaders, if you're a solo leader, if you're an entrepreneur and you own your company, you don't always get the privilege of having an extra set of eyes on what you're doing and, and having some perspective from people who understand, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we always say it's, it's funny. You can have a really powerful question that you can ask yourself when you're going through things like hey, what, what, if I could only choose one of these things to focus on, which one would it be? And you answer that question on your own versus when someone else asks you that question, how different the response can be. And it's it's really interesting. So knowing what forms of accountability exist and how to leverage them to get the most out of, of that process. A hundred percent. I mean, we started the whole goal setting retreat with a moment of just reflecting and celebrating, which I think some people probably think is backwards. We're talking about the future, but we actually start our goal-setting retreat with re reflection and celebration, which is how we wanted to start this conversation, reflecting and celebrating on the amazing things that happened at this year's goal-setting retreat. Because in order to inform what we're going to do in the future, we have to look backwards and say, did my plan work? And also take to take a moment to celebrate what actually occurred. Because as achievers, we can often get stuck in the day-to-day -day cycle of this is, this is what I want to do, and I want to achieve more and have more and create more. But I don't want to take the honors of you of you giving the standout celebration from the entire goal-setting retreat. I think there was one that none of us will ever forget. <laughs> and I think you should share it. Uh, oh, are we talking about shoes? <laughs> yes, we're definitely talking about shoes. Well, for those of you who are at GSR and, and, and are listening to this podcast, hopefully you'll appreciate this as well. But one of our teammates and, and one of the best coaches in the world, and he is an incredible human being. And he actually uh, has been with us for a long, long, long time in and around this world. His name is John Schumacher. He's, he's, he's absolutely dynamic on stage. He's an incredible human being. He also blessed us with accidentally falling off the backside of the stage on his one of his keynotes uh, this this year. But I mean, he vanished and popped back so fast. If you didn't catch it, you wouldn't even know what happened. It was impressive. A man of his experience, uh, that nimble. <laughs> uh, but it became a fun banter for the remainder of the event where we, we gave him a hard time uh, <laughs> every opportunity and he, he fired back appropriately. I've never seen somebody so quick on their feet with the uh, jokes. I mean, all of us had time to write them down and, and have material for the rest of the weekend. And he was just, he, to your point, he was just so good and got back up so quickly and went right back into what he was teaching. And for me, it was actually a, it was a true celebration in the sense that 
we sometimes this stuff can feel heavy. I mean, we're talking about some really heavy things. Like people are talking about things in relationships that are really challenging. They're talking about challenges they might be facing in the upcoming year that are going to be in the way of, of, you know, where they want to go. Um, they're, they're talking about financial challenges, spiritual challenges, health challenges, all the things that come up when you're truly setting goals for your future in an all-encompassing way. It was just a reminder for us to have a little bit of fun in this process too, that we can fall, we can fail, we can do things that might not be part of the plan, and we can still get right back up and keep going. So Shoes, uh, we love you. Uh, we love you for, for your comic relief, and we love you for being the incredible trainer that you are and being able to literally fall off a stage and get right back up and get right back into teaching one of the most important sections of the goal setting retreat without <laughs> missing out. a beat, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, it was incredible. Uh, shout out to shoes. If you guys caught the title of this podcast, uh, we wanted to talk about setting and achieving goals in 2024. And Nikki and I wanted to walk you guys through some of our framework and the th- some of what we cover in, in the goal setting retreat to help you as you hit goal setting season here. And hopefully you're starting to take a look at 2023 and recap and reflection and, and setting yourself up for 2024. And so we, we're going to walk through a little bit of what we believe could enable you for success as you go through this process. For sure. We already talked about reflecting and celebrating for the year prior, right? Or for the year as, as, as it is so far. And I think this is a really important way to start because again, I go back to everyone who participates in this goal setting retreat is an achiever. And sometimes in an achiever's mind, we can constantly, constantly be looking forward and asking ourselves, how can I do more and be more and have more and create more and serve more? And it's easy to get stuck in that cycle, which often as we're looking for more, negates all of the things that we've done up until this point. And I've always had a fundamental belief that in order to celebrate the big wins, we also have to celebrate the small wins. We have to know how to celebrate and we have to know how to appreciate the progress that we've made. And so to me, this is actually one of the most important parts about setting goals because it also allows us to look backwards. When we're in the day-to-day, it's hard to realize all that we've accomplished. And this allows us to look backwards, especially for those people who come year over year and, and for them to see all that they've achieved in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, a year in the scheme of things is not that long. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's so important just to orient yourself or locate yourself on the path to achieving your goals if you've already begun this process so that you can adjust, course correct, and reflect appropriately. If you're just getting into it, still a great time to locate yourself and the best time to start in this process is now. So it's in, enabling you to do that means doing some reflection. For sure. And then we move everyone to the setting of intentions. You want to talk about that, Chris? Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Yeah, well, I think once you have good clarity on what got you to where you are, it's get clear about what you aim to accomplish. Setting intentions is important and getting as specific as you can about what you aim to do and set some commitments and be intentional as you go into your into your goal setting process. Like what fast forward to the end of setting your goals for 2024, what would you want to accomplish? What kind of clarity are you looking for? What kind of commitments do you want to make as you go into getting clarity on what you want to achieve? 
And for me, the way I always ask myself this, Chris, if this is helpful to anyone who's listening, the way I always do this part of the goal setting retreat is I actually, instead of setting intentions for what I want to do, I actually ask myself based off what I want to achieve, how do I need to be different? I, mm. I sort of call it my different list. And I say, you know, one of the biggest challenges I see, especially in my world, which is which is real estate, is I'll do a business planning clinic or, or goal setting for, for real estate agents. Or really, we see this in, in our corporate training for any business. And they'll say, we want to increase this number of widgets, or we want to double the business, or we want to do whatever. And when we ask them, how are you going to do that? We'll sort of circle around for a while until they finally get back to some version of like, oh, we're actually going to do the exact same thing we did last year. And we're just saying that the results are going to be different. And we'll look up and we'll say, mm, that's not how that works. In order to get different results, you are going to have to behave differently. So one of the things that I look at after I reflect and celebrate from last year, and then look at what I want to achieve this year, I have to ask myself, how, how do I need to show up differently? in order to achieve different results? How do I need to behave differently in order to achieve different results? What is the difference between the Nikki that showed up last year and achieved that and the Nikki that will need to show up this year and achieve this new thing? And by the way, uh, almost never is my answer no difference at all. I'm always going to have to evolve and grow in order to get to the next level. Yeah. And I think there's, you have to give yourself permission as you go through what you just described to be okay with being honest about what you did. And be, the more honest you can be without being intentionally harsh, but be honest about what your challenges were. It should come out in reflection, like where did you win and what were your opportunities? Because then that, and learn to appreciate that because everyone's going to have them. It's, it's, it's rec the win is recognizing what the opportunities are and making the change or committing to the change, as you said, how do you want to be different? So not just, just celebrating wins and leaning into that you won't you just won't be set up for having the clarity and reflection that you need to so you can recognize those things so just be okay give yourself permission to dig into that and not feel like you have to be judged by yourself or that you didn't accomplish what you wanted to just just dismiss all that and get super clear I love what you just said, Chris. I think that's super important. And I also think it allows us to get clarity on how, how small that difference can be. I mean, when you and I do this exercise with people, that small difference is often this one teeny tiny little habit. I just need to wake up a little bit earlier. I need to exercise in the morning instead of at night. I need to look at my financials every day. I mean, the, the difference that people outline is actually not that monumental because we, we have a habit when we're goal setting to be in a positive future frame of mind and everybody falls into the, the New Year's resolution trap where they're like, I'm going to just change everything. I'm going to take my life, shake it out, flip it back up and rebuild the whole thing anew. And we know that that never works. That never actually comes to fruition. So this is really us asking, how small can you make a change? And what is actually the difference between where you are and where you want to be such that you could build a habit in order to bridge that gap? I think we're going to talk more about that later. Yeah, absolutely. And, and something that's helped me in my own experience, but also to help explain this piece to others is understanding that there is somewhat of a separation at times, or at least it helps to in, in reflection and planning to separate the what you want to accomplish and the who you're trying to become that enables that. Because when you think about, we tend to, in setting goals, think about the thing we want to achieve. And, and it's easy to dismiss that to achieve it, we have to really look inside at the kind of person we have to grow into. And there's behavioral change that supports that. And if you're going to make behavioral change, that that's often propped up by the kind of habits that you want to set. And so the there's, I think it's important as you are reflecting and planning, consider both because there is a relationship between those two things, the what and the who. And I think that's important too. And to your point, there's a relationship between those two things and there's a constant relationship with these goals that you set out. You might look up and halfway through the year, you'll say the who that I thought that I needed to be or the change that I thought that I needed to make isn't having the impact that I thought it would. And by the way, you have permission to change that. If you see a better path forward, go take that better path. You aren't bound by what you wrote on your goal setting retreat 
packet or on, on that one page plan for the entire year. Businesses change, life changes, the economy changes, circumstances change, challenges come up, those things evolve. And so therefore, where, where we always have conversations about having a relationship with your goals, it's also having a relationship in these types of questions too, and having clarity that that, that can change even, even throughout that year. 100%. The, it's a question you get a lot. Like, is it okay to change my goals or shift your goals? And and I think it's important to recognize, especially, but not limited to, if you're exploring a new area, if you've really started to dig into somewhere where you're growing and learning, you, you just can't see that far over the horizon early on. So as you start to learn more about this path you're going down, it's completely normal to fine tune your goal or make corrections based on what you discover. So you shouldn't feel like that's not something you can do. Like you tattooed it on in the beginning of the year and you're, you're stuck and committed to it. Like be, give yourself permission to make the change if it's helping you um, with being more accurate about what you want to accomplish. Well, I think this is also the power of going through an actual goal setting retreat is that you walk out of there not only with your goals set for the year, but above all, what I tell people is it's the ability to set these things. It's the ability to go back to these questions. It's the ability to learn how to have the conversation with yourself or to bring it to your coach and say, I think I might be off track or I think I might need to change. Let's have a conversation around that. And I think that's the power of really going through this process. 100%. 100%. Yeah, the there's we we often talk about forming a relationship with your goals as being so important and staying on track to achieve them and and it's it's true and I I like to say there's really four steps from my our perspective about how you set uh, that establish that relationship and keep it. And the first one is just write your goals down. And that's easier said than done because the the process to get clear on what you should write down is what we're going to help go through some of today. And there's there's some tools to, to do that. You have to kind of dig down to go through, but write those down and keep them in a place you can see them. We use the 411. We believe in it. Uh, it's a great way to do that, but you have to have them in a place you can see them all the time. The second is to uh, not only write them down, but to revisit them regularly, make changes, check and adjust the plan over time so that you can stay on track to achieve it. And I'm, I'm sure you've, in your experience, Nikki, you've, you've seen how that can be impactful, not only writing them down, but you have to check and adjust them, right? Well, that's the purpose of the 411. By the way, the, the, the shameless plug, y'all should go listen to episode 411, aptly named, where we actually walk you through how to use this, because this is, to me, the most important tool that somebody could use in actually achieving their goals. Because so often we put this goal up on the board or or we set it at the end of the year and then we stuff it in a drawer somewhere and then pull it out at the end of the next year when we're setting our goals for the upcoming year. And we ask, well, how did we do? And I'll often tell people, if you just... If, if you set your car in the direction of where you want to go and just step on the gas and stop watching where you're going, you are inevitably going to hit something probably very quickly. And setting your goals is the same way. You have to check in on these things regularly to just understand how you need to make changes. And by the way, the benefit of doing this so regularly is that it makes the changes that you have to make really small. Right? I would rather have 365 small chances to adjust than have to look up a year later and say, I didn't even get close to what I wanted to achieve. And so in order for me to not only make up the gap, but also get to where I want to go the following year, I'm going to have to really make some heavy changes. Yeah. And you're going to end up so far off track. If you do, do it this way, you'll, you'll give up or focus on something different or, or become discouraged or disinterested. So it's, it's important to your point. So the write, write your goals down. You have to break them down too. So if your goal for the year is is X and you, what does that look like for the month and for the week and, and really dig into your plan, then make those adjustments. We believe at least weekly, but you were saying 365, that could be the small daily adjustments. It just matters where you are in the process and what makes sense for you. And the last one we, we talk about is habits and, and forming powerful habits. So if you can do that, setting your goals at the beginning of the year is an important step in the process, but how you stay in a relationship with your goals throughout the year is equally, if not more important, because you're probably going to make adjustments and changes as you learn more and, and life happens. 
I would be asking yourself, we use the focusing question, obviously, from the one thing. What's the one thing I could do such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? And as you're building your goals this year, I would ask yourself, what's the one habit I can create such that by creating it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? I can tell you, Chris, early in my goal setting journey, the one habit I could create such that by creating it made everything else easier or unnecessary was just checking in on my goals on a daily basis. Same. Because it, it forced me to ask myself, did how I show up today or was who I was today in alignment with who I'm saying I want to be? In other words, did how I show up today put me in alignment with where I want to go this year? And if the answer was no, well, then I just have to have an honest conversation with myself about how I want to adjust. And again, for me, it was a lot easier to stomach making the small changes every single day rather than having to look up a year later or longer and say, I'm, I'm totally off track to your point. Mm. You know, we we had the opportunity, the fortunate opportunity to talk to a former lead pilot of the Blue Angels on the podcast recently. And that was awesome. But he reminded the importance of using checklists, even for somebody that does this kind of thing, like flying an F-18 upside down, 18 inches from another one. that's like however many tons doing 500 miles an hour, crazy stuff. They do it every day, but they rely on their checklists. And I think there's something to that daily behavior because you may think you have your goals in your mind, but you go a week or two weeks sometimes without looking at them and you you miss the details. So I think there's a takeaway or a, a parallel there and how important it is for us to use our goals like a checklist too. Absolutely. And so we have this framework, we call it the three P's, and it's purpose, priority, and productivity. And if you can just use this framework as your goal setting, it really gives you the roadmap to how to not only set the goal, but also how to keep it in alignment with who you want to be and what your true values are, and then how to identify the priorities in order to achieve that. So we start first and foremost with purpose. Yeah, if, if I can share... Uh, Nikki, before we jump into purpose, something that that I think if you if you work those three P's backwards too, almost as like a a diagnosis, it it's really interesting that way also. So if you look at very productive people or really productive teams, what they, if you think of the iceberg analogy, like the, that's what's the P that's above the waterline, because what you're seeing is the result of them achieving something. It's the production. It's the it's the end result of them working towards a goal. And when you see that, if you if you ask some questions or you dig down just a little deeper. You'll find more often than not that those people, those teams, those organizations have a really like in-depth ability to prioritize what matters most. And, and that's really powerful. They know what to say yes to more often than not. They also feel empowered to say no to certain things because they have clarity on, on what's important. If you go a little deeper even from there, you'll find that they, these people, teams, et cetera, have a really strong sense of purpose. And so they, they're, clear, they're clear about their bigger purpose, their bigger goals, their values, as you mentioned. So they are enabled to prioritize the things that matter so they can leverage that purpose-driven goal setting so that they can be productive. So I think it's, it's fun to not only go from the bottom up, but think about it as you work your way down and, and try to root cause where success is coming from uh, for people. Well, I think the challenge, thank you for walking us through that, because I think the big challenge that we see often, Chris, is that people try to do this backwards or upside down to your point. And it doesn't work because we have to start with our purpose. We have to start with our values, with, with what matters to us, with why we're here, why, why we, what gives us energy, why we want to show up, what we're enthusiastic or, or excited about. Because often somebody will come to us and, and we have some version of this conversation. They're like, like, I want to achieve more and I want to be really, really successful. And we're like, amazing. What does that mean to you? And they're like, I'm not really sure. And we're like, okay, well, well, how do you want to get there? I don't know about that either. And then we'll both look at them and we'll say, well, congratulations, you've already arrived. A, a <laughs> ship with no direction doesn't really care which way the wind sails. So we often try to set these big goals, but if we don't actually have a purposeful attachment to them, if they don't actually light us on fire, then when life gets hard, when business gets hard, we're, we're likely not going to have the grit that we need to achieve them. So we start here to ask, is this in alignment with who I am, with who I want to be? And and why am I really doing this? What is this all for? Absolutely. If sometimes purpose can feel big, really by definition it should, but it, it can feel <laughs> almost too big to wrap your head around or you're like, how can I, maybe it's esoteric or maybe nebulous a little bit for you. And you're like, what is this, this big purpose thing? I, 
for if you have that perspective and even if you don't, I think it's really valuable to start with like, what are my values? Like what matters most to me? We call them core values. We do an exercise to help you identify your top three. It's awesome. There's tangible cards that you can flip through. It's really cool. People do it every year and I swear every year they're going to feel like it's repetitive and they have more and more takeaways every time they do it. Like mine have been the same for the last three years. And actually this time as I went through, I recognized that they've changed. And I, I there's some big changes that happened in my life this year. And, and, and I think that's important to call out. I got married. Um, so there's there's different seasons of life and doing this, these values activities help you recognize like the, I call it the lens that you're kind of looking through to see the world and you're looking through these this lens at your goals. And I think that's really important to start first with, you know, what matters most to you. For sure. And I think to, to your point, I've gone through this exercise so many times and, and mine have changed. Mine changed this year as well, partly because Mark, who, one of our amazing trainers, is so good, so, so good at walking people through getting real clarity on this. So shout out to Mark. He's just exceptional at it. And it wasn't until I got to uh, have it facilitated by him that mine changed, that he really mm-hmm. helped me see it from a different perspective. And one of my favorite parts about this is that we get to watch a lot of people do this exercise with their partner. And you see these light bulbs go off on both sides because core values is, a, is our fancy way of saying this is inherently what really matters to me or what I believe in. This is just part of who I am. A lot of people want to pick aspirational core values, like this is who I want to be. And we're like, no, this is your core value is part of who you already are, the things that already resonate with you. And so I'll, I'll share one of Mark's stories that he shared from stage, which is that his, his core, one of his core values, his top core value is fun. And his wife's core value was, I'm going to, I'm going to say it incorrectly, but I think it was like, it was like scheduling or something like that. I think that. it's efficiency. Efficiency. There we go. Um, uh, is efficiency. So if you put somebody whose core value is fun and somebody whose core value is efficiency together, if you don't come together with a common language and an ability to have that conversation, then you're probably going to have a little bit of friction in the relationship and not know why. And so one of my favorite parts about this exercise is that we get to see a lot of couples um, and a lot of business partners have this conversation and we see these light bulbs go off of, oh, this is why this bothers you or this is why this bothers me. And then they figure out a way to have the, not only have the conversation, but also how to work better together. And that to me is one of my, my favorite parts about this exercise. Yeah. And we talk about communicating at a higher level and that's not only communicating with someone else, like a partner, the the people around you, but even weirdly communicating with yourself. It's being able to speak to yourself about why you're doing certain things or responding to certain things, or maybe you're reacting to something because you're out of alignment with your values and the recognition of that's important. But this is a really important and impactful way to, we believe, start with rooting yourself in this purpose process is knowing what matters most to you. And that sets you up to then, which is the other piece of, of, giving some kind of grit to purpose early on is big goals, someday goals, having a big vision of what success looks like in the future and knowing, having this compass of knowing where you want to head 10 plus years into the future in combination with your values can really give you some direction on your purpose. For sure. And the way that we start this exercise, Chris, is we we understand that the one thing that people are not singular. And ultimately, happiness and joy and and usually a fulfilled life doesn't just mean business fulfillment. And I think often when we talk about the goal-setting retreat, people make a direct line and association with, with business or financial goals. And so they'll come with absolute clarity about the business or financial goals that I want to achieve. And we look up and we say, well, you're not here just to do that. Yes, that's important. Uh, but you didn't step onto this planet just to be a really successful business person. And you have other areas of your life that matter to you in order to achieve greatly, in order for you to truly achieve fulfillment. And so in the one thing, we call that the seven circles. And probably my favorite exercise that we take everyone through is envisioning what success looks like in all seven circles of their life, in all these areas that encompass the whole human being. And one of my favorite exercises, like I said, was was walking people through a visualization of what success actually looks like in each of these categories someday in the future. What does a 10 out of 10, a perfect life look like in all seven of these categories? If they were all firing on all cylinders, 
what would that actually look like? And then we take them to, based off that vision that you just had, which of these would be the most important for you to achieve or make improvement on today? And probably my favorite conversation that I had during this exercise was there was a a woman there who runs a, a huge business. And she walked up to me after we walked people through this exercise. And she said, I came here specifically to build a GPS and my 135 and my someday goals around this big business and financial goal. But after doing this exercise, I realized that that's not the thing that's going to make the biggest impact. So which one should I focus on? And I was just sort of quiet for a minute. And I just looked at her. And we sat in silence and she was like, fine, I'll go do the one that's going to make the biggest impact on my life. And I said, great. It doesn't mean that you can't build the the plan for the other goals, but this allows us to get clarity on the thing that's actually going to drive us forward in the most meaningful way. Yeah, I was, I got to see that interaction. It was, it was pretty cool. Something that, that I've recognized with personal goals also, I mean, it's great if you focus on business goals. And that's where you want to go to and grow your business. That's incredible. 100% support that. What you'll find or I have experienced with goals that in and around business is there's a lot of built-in accountability and practices and processes that naturally will, even if you're not the one that's implementing it, there might be something existing in a business that forces you to kind of do some of this process. It may not be as comprehensive, but you're going to check in around your goals. Someone's going to hold you accountable if you don't show up to work and do your job those kinds of things. But oftentimes we lack any of that structure on the personal side. And so you end up without some of this forced accountability if you don't put something there. And you'll see no matter how experienced you are with goal setting and and things on the business side, you often see a deficit on the personal side because you don't have that in place. You You don't show up to an office to talk about your personal goals five days a week. And that's just not something that's there. So I think that's a, it's just an important call out. Like if you don't place some of that structure there, you're and if you're not thinking about your personal goals regularly, they're going to start to tilt over towards your uh, your focus is going to tilt over towards your your work goals because of that inherent accountability. For sure, and I think this is one of the bigger ahas that that people have when when they join us in person. I mean, I can't count how many people came up to me and said, no one's ever asked me this before. Like just nobody has ever asked me these questions about all these other areas of my life. We get asked all the time, what do you want to achieve in business? How much money you want to make this year? Blah, blah, blah. But we almost never get asked, what does success in your spiritual life look like? What does success in your health look like? What does success in your key relationships look like? And there's usually a significant discovery for people in having to not only envision, but but put to paper what that actually looks like for them. Most of them have never even been asked that question before or taken the uninterrupted time to really think about it and create intention around it. So true. So purpose. We believe you need to start at purpose. We think that that's the foundation that you will be able to build all of this action on top of. It's the compass that will point you in true north as you move year over year, month over month, week over week through your goals. So we think at least start with getting clarity on your on your core values. Know what matters most. Get some vision of future success and identify the areas of your life that you you think will have the greatest impact and earn the right to maybe build more of those goals over time. So that will help give you some purpose. So we talked about our, the three Ps, purpose, priority, productivity. So if you are feeling like you've begun to gain some clarity on your purpose in that context, then you're setting yourself up to be able to prioritize what matters most. And we like to, and believe in very much, a process we call goal setting to the now. Well, the truth is when you start with purpose, you know where you want to go, right? And when you live by priority, you know what you need to do in order to get there. And that's goal setting to the now. It's where do I want to be in the future based off that what do I, how will I know if I'm on track in five years? Based off that, how will I know if I'm on track in a year? Based off that, how will I know if I'm on track this month, this week, and today? And that's how we work backwards. And again, I always tell people, we get asked probably all the time, what's the biggest mistake people make in goal setting? And I think this is the one that I'll always come back to, that they try to flip it and say, what should I do today? But until you've informed what that someday goal is what you want to do in the future, you can't possibly hope to clearly identify in a meaningful way what needs to happen today. 
Absolutely. I mean, you may know that you need to swerve left or right and not run over that pothole, but you don't know if you should swerve left or right based on what will get you closer to your bigger goals. So you you can you can kind of dodge things and play whack-a-mole really well, uh, but you you're you're kind of aimless, uh, or you'd have to be very lucky to connect that to some bigger place. Well, we tell people often that the true purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment. We have to define what success looks like. And that's that's where we have to start. Because if we don't start there, then how will we know throughout the year if we're on track or if we're off track? And by the way, if you're leading a team, this is even more important. If you haven't defined what success looks like, how will they know if they're on track or off track? How will they know if they need to change something? How will they know if they've won? How will they, how will they know when to stop? And if we don't define what any of those things are. And the, and the true answer is they won't. And so they will be, you know, thrust into failure or worse, the <laughs> oblivion of directionlessness. Um, and then, and subsequently your organization into chaos and madness. And that's what we're trying to avoid by creating that clarity. Yep. Yeah. And, and working your goals back from someday to often to the future to five years in one year and one month and one week and knowing what the one thing you need to focus on in each one of those intervals are or is, then when things change and they do and you have to make adjustments to your plan, you can, you're, you're set up to do that. You're, you are able to make those small changes. And what you'll find or what I've experienced is if you have, let's say you, you go set a New Year's resolution or a big goal for 2024 and you don't do that other work, you're going to end up, something's going to happen and you're going to maybe feel like you're off track. And all you can do is orient yourself on this probably too big of a goal that you set for 2024. And it feels discouraging. You're like, I'm off track. Versus if you know the one thing you need to do next week to get back on track, it's much more manageable. It feels more achievable. And then you can catch the hockey stick of exponential success over time that builds when you make those small corrections. But if you don't follow goal setting to the now, if you don't break that down and work your way backwards, you just don't have the tools to be able to make those changes. And I always tell people that this is really just a process of training your your mind how to think, right? You're really just training your mind how to think here, how to connect one goal with the next goal over time until you know the most important thing to do right now. And to, to your point just now, so many people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year. And then when they get discouraged because they didn't accomplish that, they stop trying or think that 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 someday goal that they have isn't achievable. And that's quite simply not true, that you just didn't make a plan that was achievable within that year. By the way, if you stay on track, you could have made a plan that was achievable in the next five years. And so this is the ultimate focusing question because we're asking ourselves, okay, based off what I want to do someday, how will I know if I'm on track in five years? Based off what I want to do in five years, what's the one thing I could achieve in one year to know if I'm on track for that five-year goal? Based off what I want to do in that one-year goal, what's the one thing I could do to make sure I'm on track for that one-year goal this month or in the next six months or whatever it is, however however you're breaking it down? Um, <clears throat> and this is how you actually get to the behavior of right now. And that's what I think most people miss. They don't actually know how they need to show up today in order to be alignment with the future they're saying they want. So true. So you got some good clarity on your purpose. Hopefully, as you're going through this, now you're set up for success because you can begin it someday and work your way backwards through five years and one year and this month, the next month, this week, today, et cetera, goal setting to the now. So you are able to prioritize what matters most through this process so that you can be ultimately productive and being productive it means achieving. It means being on the path to achieving. It's seeing the results of the work that you're doing. There's definitely some tools that you need to have in place to stay productive because for sure, habits not formed, you're going to end up off track and, and things are going to happen. Well, at the end of the day, it's one thing to set goals. Like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, it's, it's something entirely different to actually achieve them. And ultimately, if we want to bridge the gap between where we are and where we want to be, it's going to require action. There's there's no magic plan. There's no hoping. There's no wish, wishing. You're going to have to take action in order to make the dreams in your head a reality. And you're likely going to have to have some accountability along the way. I mean, most of us need accountability in order to continue to be on track, in order to stretch ourselves when we are feeling down or low energy or, or when we're feeling like we want to give up. Those are normal feelings. And that's where having a coach and having a rhythm of accountability is so 
so important. Yeah. I mean, you said it, the rhythm of accountability and that's what that rhythm is. It's really the, it, it's, it's like the rigor and the routine and the behaviors and the habits that you need to establish so that you can form this relationship with the goals that you set so that you're communicating, you're making changes. And it's, it's something you have to work your way to and find what fits best in your workflow and your schedule and your lifestyle and all of that. And I'm sure, Nikki, we we can share some best practices, things that we do and that we've seen, but you do have to adapt that rhythm for you. Uh, but it, it means forming some habits around when you're checking in and making changes to your goals. For sure. I mean, we already talked about the 411. I already gave our shameless plug for the 411 episode. So for me, that's the, that's the number one way to stay on track. Um, but when we talk about rhythm accountability, that often that rhythm of accountability will, will require assistance from another person. Again, whether mm-hmm. it's an accountability partner, whether it's a coach, and typically you're going to want to share these goals so that you can have someone, just someone that you report to. I mean, study after study has shown that if you have to show progress on something to somebody else, we're far more likely to actually achieve that goal. So that's definitely a best practice. Get yourself a coach, get yourself an accountability partner, get somebody who's checking in to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, knowing the different levels of accountability that exists and how to leverage them to set you up for success is so important. And it's, it's knowing that you have to have some level of self-driven accountability to be accountable to the things you commit yourself to. That needs to be there. Uh, then it's leveraging the accountability of others that like you just mentioned. And, and that can be that extra like exponent on your, your success, which is having a coach, hiring someone to do that for you in your world or an accountability partner, spouse, partner, something like that. There's groups you can be in. It's just finding a community of like-minded people, just elevating that accountability. I think there's something really important to the, the kind of schedule that you build around your accountability too. And you shared something earlier around a habit you formed, Nikki, and I have a very similar one, but uh, maybe we could share share some of that. So the, I every single day, I, before I start my work day and look at my email and, and start to go down the path of seeing everybody else's priorities, what I'll do is I'll, I'll pull up my calendar, I'll pull up my 411 and I'll get out my digital notepad. I don't waste paper anymore. I'm pretty proud of that. And, and I'll, I'll write my daily goals. Like the one thing I need to accomplish for each one of my weekly goals. And I get clear looking at my calendar about my priorities for the day. Uh, and I do that every single day. Then at the end of every single week, I'll update, review, reflect, and update my four-on-one for my weekly goals. At the end of every month, I'll do the same thing with my four-on-one for my monthly goals. And at the end of every year, you're rebuilding your your annual goals. But that, it's very, very simplified to go through it quickly. But it, that's what I've found has helped keep me clear. And that's the relationship that I've formed with my goals that's set me up for success. But what do you do that uh, either is the same or different there, Nikki? First of all, y'all, I just need to call out Chris's hating on all of us still using paper. Uh, you, you, he, you are so on this new remarkable notepad. He's been trying to convert me. I'm like, no, you can pry my notebook out of my cold, cold dead, dead fingers. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, my, mine's very similar, Chris. It, it, my, I would say the only stark difference on my side is that I do mine at night. Um, I spend, and, and by the way, y'all, this, some people hear us talk about this and they think that this ends up being some time consuming, exorbitant, like I need to, you know, light the candles, meditate for a while before I do this exercise. This takes five to 10 minutes at most. Yeah. Sometimes I do it. Yeah. Do it in front of the TV when my husband's watching football or whatever. Like this isn't something you need to make a whole scene about. Um, but at night before I go to bed, I've had a routine for a long time that I look at my 411. So same exercise. And then I take a look at what I set out to achieve this week. And then I'll take a look at my calendar for the next day and I'll make sure that I'm time blocked for those priorities. So I, I absolutely refuse. I have a fundamental habit that I have not infringed on for a very long time since I built it, built it, which is that I will not enter a day without knowing exactly what I'm setting out to achieve that day. I will just absolutely not start a day without knowing exactly how I'm going to behave that day. Because I found that if I woke up in the morning and didn't have absolute clarity about what I needed to achieve that day, the day sort of ended up running me instead of me running it. Um, so I do it at night. And then I also do a reflection at night, just a quick reflection of I look backwards in that day. And I ask myself that how I show up today with, uh, was how I showed up today in alignment with 
with how I needed to, basically. Did I achieve what I set out to achieve? And by the way, if I didn't, I'm not going to sit there and beat myself up over it. I'm just going to ask myself what got in the way because it allows me to sweep for minds. We talk about this when we talk about time blocking. It allows me to sweep for minds the next day. So there's a lot of small changes that I've made. I've turned off certain types of notifications on my phone and on my computer because there was too many days in a row that I was looking backwards and saying, oh, I got that text message and it totally put me off track. Our, our internal one thing team knows my absolute like loathing of slack. And if that thing shows up, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to get distracted and I'm going to go into that. And that's a, a never ending Pandora's box. So I had to look up and say, what, what are the things that are distracting me from what matters most? And how do I get rid of those? How do I sweep for minds ahead of time so that I can actually be as productive as possible tomorrow? It's awesome. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and having having your own routine, like you said, that fits your schedule and, and finding the time that makes sense and, and just getting into that, that could be the one habit that unlocks everything for you. And you talk about the shifting your perspective about time to being an investment. And you want to talk about getting a really solid ROI from a small period of time. I mean, five to 10 minutes a day that could, could change your entire life. I'd say that's something worth considering. A hundred percent. And I tell people again, I'll just keep going back to just don't make this too complicated. It really just doesn't take that much time. It's just about being as intentional as possible with your time that you're going to spend. If you're going to spend the time anyway, you may as well spend it wisely. And that really brings us to what, what I think is a grossly misunderstood process around time blocking. And I love how Brooke, one of our amazing trainers, walked everyone through this at, at the goal setting retreat. She did such an amazing job at really giving people people new perspective and and new tools around time blocking. And I think this is often a misunderstood process from the one thing that people get really stuck in the timing of, of doing activities. And what I often offer to people is that time blocking can look a little bit different for different people. But the, but the genesis, the basis of time blocking is that you allot a specific amount of time for what needs to be achieved that day. And then you also zoom out to time block the things that matter most are, have you time blocked for the year, your family vacations? Because we all know that if you get really busy and if you haven't time blocked those, you're just quite simply not going to take them. Have you time blocked the activity that's going to bring you closer to your health goals? Have you time blocked the activity that's going to make sure that you show up for your family the way that you want to? And so this is just about allotting the time and making sure that you're staying appropriate in the moment and in the time period that you, that you allotted for that thing. Yeah, another one of those that it's easy to overcorrect around time blocking too. If you're going from zero or very little time blocking and trying to just time block every single possible thing you're doing, I mean, you got to you kind of have to earn your way to a more complicated calendar through experience and finding what works. Because last thing you want to do is time block everything, say no to half your time blocks, not see the value in the process, and then just abandon it. Um, if you do nothing else, just figure out the most important thing you need to accomplish in, in one day and time block that and work your way into adding anything to it. So again, it's, there's intellectual rabbit holes kind of littered throughout the process. But remember, it's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Keep it simple. It's intended to be simple. You, there's com- enough complexity in everything that you've got going on in your life. You don't need a complicated system. Keep it simple. Focus on the things that matter most. Totally. Well, at the end of the day, complexity is the enemy of execution. If we make it too complex, it's just going to be an excuse not to take action. Um, I remember I was in a, a training with Ryan Holiday, and obviously his one thing is writing. He's an author. And so he showed a picture of his calendar, and basically every day it was the morning blocked off for writing, and the rest of the day was nothing else. Mm-hmm. And it was a great example and a great reminder of uh, he, he's got a big life. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that he needs to do, but not at the expense of what matters most. So, so to your point, Chris, if, if, if you're listening to this and you're new to time blocking or you've tried it and it's never worked for you before, you're probably just time blocking too much. So just time block the thing that matters most. And then by the way, if the rest of the day goes to, you know, goes to heck, like you can still make sure that you did the most important thing. Like you can still look backwards on that day and say, I still achieved the most important thing, even if the, of the rest of the day didn't go as planned. Yeah. I mean, it's the old 80, 20 rule. If you're clear on the 20% focus or the minority focus that will deliver the 80% or the majority of the results you need to accomplish throughout the day, and you time block that, I mean, you're way ahead of the curve. The, the remaining 
uh, stuff will kind of figure itself out. Absolutely. All right. So we know now that purpose can inform priority that will ultimately lead you to being productive. And there's some tools to help you stay on track to be productive. Our goal today was to help walk you guys through some insights, some tools, some awareness, some things to really set you up as you go into setting your goals for 2024 uh, and the next couple months, hopefully sooner than later. We also really wanted to share an, an awesome opportunity and a product that we're putting together that could support you as you go through this in our virtual on-demand goal-setting retreat course that we are building exclusively uh, for you this year. Well, Chris, after the goal-setting retreat, which sold out, we had so many people who came to us and said, we can't make it, or or the ability to leave my family or, or my home or whatever for three days is just not on the table for me. But I still want to go through this process, and I want support to be able to do it. And we just got an influx of requests for a virtual option. And so you, you ask, we listen, and we are starting December 1st, we're going to be launching the virtual goal setting retreat, where you will be able to walk through our really renowned goal setting retreat that we do every single year, but on your own timeline. So you're, you're still getting our incredible trainers, you're getting not only them walking through each of the modules, but also some, uh, some content from the actual live goal setting retreat that we did that, that we reviewed today. And you're going to be able to walk through this on your own timeline. You can do it with a partner. You can do it by yourself. This is your ability to go through it at your own pace from wherever you are in the world and to be able to use these tools to set yourself up for your best year yet. If you've never had the ability to go through this in a guided fashion, this is just a, it's an incredible opportunity. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. And we, we've done some virtual access to goal setting retreat in years past where you could stream the live event or you could have some clips from the live event. This year, we're doing something much better and different. We're, we're actually building a course specifically and recorded specifically for the virtual experience led by our coaches. We go through everything that we just went through on this podcast uh, in, in much more detail. And we guide you through the exercises and we take you through the experiences, Nikki mentioned. So you can do it on your own terms, in your own time. We don't do it between dinner and, uh, and going to bed. It, you can, but Try to find a dedicated space to work on it, and uh, it's set up for the virtual experience so that you can you can have this opportunity. Yeah, I would offer that best practices are if you can take a day or two days to go through this whole thing and walk out of those couple of days with a clear plan, then that's the best. But if you can't do that, if you got to take bites out of it, that's better than not doing it at all for sure. So if you want to access this, go to the one thing.com. That's the number one thing.com. We'll also have the link to this in our show notes. If you follow us on Instagram, it's also linked in our bio there. Uh, if you are in our newsletter, you'll see it there as well. So there's lots of ways that you can access this. And like I said, I, I couldn't be more excited for this. I know that this has been so meaningful in my own life. Like I said, we're, we're both coming off the heels of getting to do this in person and getting to see the life-changing effects of the goal-setting retreat. And I'm just so excited to be able to offer this to a wider group of people for more people to be able to leverage the magic of you know, getting anything you want, pretty much. Yeah, and holidays are coming up. Maybe it could be an awesome opportunity to give this to somebody else in your life uh, that would benefit from getting clear on their goals. So an awesome uh, gift opportunity as well. For sure. I mean, I know in, in our family, we, we don't do stuff anymore because gosh knows I've got enough of that, especially with a toddler in my house. So <laughs> we're always looking for ways that we can gift something that keeps giving, so to speak, it's, whether it's a piece of knowledge or a class or a book. And I can't imagine anything more powerful than teaching people how to build a plan to, like I said, get anything that they want, to achieve anything they want, and then have accountability and a plan in order to be able to get there. I mean, it's just, it's to me, it's the, the greatest opportunity that we could give. Awesome. Nikki, if you could have everyone take away one thing from our podcast today, what would you have them take away? I think I would go back to what I said earlier, which is that a ship with no direction doesn't care which way the wind blows. In order to build a, a great plan, you have to clearly identify what you want to achieve. And then you're going to have to do the right actions in order to get there. You have to build a plan backwards. But the only way to do that is to get clearer on, on what success looks like for you. What about you, Chris? Make the investment. Make the investment in figuring out what 
extraordinary life you want to live and then forming the relationship with that vision of success with a simple process. And we, we believe we have one that can support you, but that's it. Make the investment. It's not significant. You can do it on your own. You can follow the tools we gave you in this podcast. You can take advantage of the VGSR virtual goal setting retreat that we mentioned, uh, but make that investment. It'll change your life. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope that this was helpful. If you want to leverage the virtual goal setting retreat, like I said, you can find it online. We're also going to put it in the show notes here. If you want more of these types of trainings on the podcast, send us a message at podcast at the one thing.com. If this was valuable for you, leave us a five-star review, share us, uh, share it with us on social. We love hearing from you and we, we will see you next time on the one thing podcast. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on -on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.